Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MN Drive-In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. I was on time. You said you were here already. We were ready to start early. We're waiting for you. Oh, for fuck's sakes. It's going to be one of those days, is it? It is. I had to miss Jaws because of your stupid sod people. I didn't have to miss Jaws. I know, you son of a bitch. Do you want to hear about how um, none of the other people that bought tickets showed up? So I had a private IMAX screening of Jaws, just me alone in an IMAX theater. God damn it. It was so fucking sweet, dude. I was so happy the whole time. I hate you so much. It was playing in 3D as well, and I'm half tempted to go see it that way. But I think they were only today, so... I thought the Wait, IMAX was more important. The first Jaws in 3D? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I would want to see that. I, just, I really only want to see the underwater tracking shots in the modern 3D. I don't really need to see the whole movie in it. But, I mean, realistically, I'll probably end up watching Jaws sometime in the next week anyway, so I might as well just go see it in theaters again. If they were playing Jaws 3 in 3D, I totally would have skipped the show tonight. Absolutely, we wouldn't be recording if they were playing Jaws 3 and 3D. That's no. ridiculous. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Saw that shit in the theater in 3D, and I was like five, so it scared the living yeah. shit out of me. And so that was a giant mistake my dad made. See, my grandfather took me to see it, and it scared me. And I I don't think it was a giant mistake on his part. I think he just didn't care. He was just like, whatever. No, it was a big mistake on my dad's part, because... Because I started screaming in the theater and we had to go out in the lobby for a little bit. <laughs> Calm oh, down. No. Yeah. Apparently, I didn't understand how 3D worked. Well, I thought it was going to be something like you started swimming lessons a week later and you were like, no. Absolutely not. Oh, no, no. <laughs> That'd be no, awesome. I, I wish that was what happened. No, I made my dad's problem everybody's problem that was in the theater. So, <laughs> Father, you took me to see that documentary. I am not getting in that pool. Oh. Nobody has like retro screenings of it in 3D. I don't know why. It's you'd think when 3D made its little comeback there for a while, and they even made like remember like they made My Bloody Valentine. I thought all of the old stuff would get released in 3D, mm-hmm. and none of it did. Like they nobody did it. I'm like, but no. Seems like I just heard about a screening of Friday the Thirteenth Part Three in 3D. That'd be fun. Yeah. And like. It was like the old school, like red and blue 3D. I think I'd almost rather see it in that, even though it's not yeah. technically as good. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, I've watched it on my TV that way, and it's fantastic. 
That's fun. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you're going with nostalgia, you got to go full bore, right? Yeah, totally. Speaking of uh, 3D, before Jaws, there was a big uh, advertisement for avatars coming back to theaters, I guess. Yeah. And I don't. I watched that trailer, and I'm like, wait, I don't even. Now I don't even know why I saw it the first time. <laughs> I, I couldn't possibly care less, and the special effects don't look good by today's standards. Quite frankly, mm. I'm sure the 3D holds up, but it, it's like, oh my god. It yeah, it's terrible. Hot, hot take. It's not a good movie. I still I, haven't seen it. I saw it in theaters when it was new. When was that? I don't know. So, 1975. No, we're talking about Avatar. That's what I'm talking about too. That's what I'm talking about too. All right. I just assume that's when it came out because it feels like it was forever ago. I think it's like 2009 or something. But it's James Cameron, and he's getting ready to release another movie. So, 20 years. Yeah. Seems about right. For some reason, I think he's like. He's like, oh no, there's going to be like five more. Oh yeah, so he insists there's going to be five more, and I'm pretty sure what's about to happen is the next one is going to be um, a flop, and then they will not be making the rest. Not so, not so hot take. James Cameron, quite possibly the most overrated director of all time. Oh, he is. Um, uh, all right, so I don't know how we're on this, but let's go. James Cameron isn't a good storyteller. He's good with the visuals for the most part. And he was good when he was restricted to simple stories. That's why Terminator is such a good movie because you can have the good visuals, but the story like is very simple. It's essentially a slasher storyline. So that's why it's his best movie to date is because he's not expected to tell a story. You go back and watch like Titanic and shit. And it's like, this is not good storytelling. It's not compelling characters. There's too much going on. That's just there because he knows how to make it look that way. And he wants to make it look that way. It's, and it's like that with a lot of his movies. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan. Yeah. He's, I mean, he was the director of a few good movies. But he himself, I do not think, is a great director. No, no, I think he, like I say, he's he's not a good storyteller. And that's a major part of what directing is, is taking a script and turning it into a visual story for the audience. Are we forgetting uh, Piranha 2? I mean, come on. Yeah. Simple like I said, again. he was the director of a few good movies. And <laughs> Terminator and Piranha 2. Yeah, movies with simple storylines that don't require those sort of complexities. And before he had the power to just say, I want to do this and then spend years getting it ready to do it. And then think that that meant it was okay to showcase it when really Titanic wasn't a good movie. No, No, I'm not a fan. I refuse. I refuse to ever admit it was, it was, it was really good marketing. Oh, I mean, very popular, very popular actors attached to a, uh, pop culture reference movie that you know <laughs> like it works with a great with a great big giant budget because he's fucking James Cameron and they just give him shit tons of money to make movies. Mm-hmm. Was Leo a really popular actor back then though? Oh yeah, that was yeah. that was probably height of Leo. Mm, but I feel like the height of Leo be- came because of Titanic. 
Well, because all no, the you got Leo the Artur after Leo. Leo is a celebrity for celebrity's sake. Was like Titanic was that? Yeah, I don't know. Because people who actually like movies saw him in like what's he in Gilbert Grape and uh, Basketball Diaries and stuff, and were like, oh, he's a good actor. And then little girls fell in love with him. We did that Shakespeare movie, whatever it was, Romeo and Juliet. Yes. Mm. And then Titanic came along and that's what kind of skyrocketed him. But he already had a built in base of people who were following him at that point. I mean, yeah. he really fell off after Critters three. <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't start that hot and keep that going. Can't die hard with uh. Critters. And then all of a sudden you're going to try to do something else after that. He was in an episode of Roseanne. I accept that. Credited as Darlene's classmate. That's right. In other words, he was in an episode of Roseanne where he had one line. Okay. I mean, I'm not surprised, but. He was on the failed uh, TV series of Parenthood. Yeah. Like right after the movie came out, they tried to make a TV series out of it. Are we we just going to not talk about growing pains? What's going on here? Well, I'm still not even up to growing pains in his IMDb yet. Oh, Jesus. Um, Because I, I hit Critters 3. <laughs> and then stop, he's in, stop there for a while to enjoy that. He's in Poison Ivy, which I even, I even forgot. didn't even know he was in that movie. I did not know that either. Uh, and then I hit Growing Pains. Holy shit. I thought he left Growing Pains to do Critters 3. But they're saying he was on Growing Pains in 92. Critters 3 came out in 91. So what the fuck do I know? Yeah, I thought he left. I thought he left Growing Pains to do one of the movies that kind of put him on the map. But I can't remember what movie that was. Well, he did the boy, This Boy's Life right after Growing Pains. He did What's Eating Gilbert Grape right after that. The Basketball Diaries in '95. Yeah, I mean, really, those two. The I think the Basketball Diaries is what really fucking did it. Although I think people who are into movies probably were horny for him with what's eating Gilbert Grape. Well, even that isn't that other one. Whatever came before that, like he like worked with De Niro in that one. Even though I've never seen it, that's just a weird fact I happen to know. Yeah, this boy's life. Yeah, and then uh, Romeo and Juliet was in '96. And then Titanic's 97, and that's, and after that, it's just, you know, the man in the iron mask, the beach, gangs of New York, catch me if you yeah, can. Like, like I said, he peaked. He, 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 he peaked in celebrity for celebrity's sake at Titanic. And then he kind of fell off a little bit. And then he came back as uh, the actor, Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm just glad we're finally getting to DiCaprio September like we promised. <laughs> that's is, is that your segue doug is that what we're going with it's just me going what the fuck man <laughs> why are we talking this much about leo dicaprio i was trying to complain about i'm well, just trying to i'm trying to find any fucking excuse i can not to talk about these movies oh i think you're gonna be in trouble no well fuck it hey guess what it's first week of slater september everybody so let's jump into uh, the first movie. No, why don't you tell us about Twisted? Twisted can eat shit and die. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I think of this movie. So it's 
it's fucking it's the the bad son without any of the story or the good the good son what's it called the bad child i can't remember it's the same it's the it's the the one brings it up you you have to know you you know what i'm talking about the fucking macaulay culkin yeah the good son the good i know what you mean i just don't think it's fair for you to ask us to tell you the title of the movie you're referencing (laughs) i don't know i just don't like so he's he's it's the movie apt pupil if the kid started off as a nazi piece of shit instead of evolving into one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like this this movie has no redeeming qualities it is of of all the movies i have ever seen in my entire life this is not the technically the worst movie but this is z- number zero for me this is the bottom of the pile i would rather watch any fucking movie than this movie all right Ouch. that is not the plot <laughs> that is not it has it has no fucking plot it is it is a movie about a psycho douchebag kid versus uh his babysitter who is slightly mentally ill due to the death of her mother. The end. All that that is all of plot. You're totally leaving the bully out of this. <laughs> Don't act like that. Don't act like that is important to this movie. It has no bearing on the plot. He burns it's... the kid, the kid shows up to his house, he stabs him with a fencing sword. The end. And it's then they stre- just ignore the fact that there's a corpse in the fucking attic for the it's, rest of the movie. It stretches the length to feature length film length. Yeah. It's, it's a movie based off of a play that had one showing on Broadway before it shut down. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Directed by a cinematographer, which guess what? This is his only directorial credit because he made this fucking movie. This this movie destroyed the careers of everyone involved. In <laughs> well, except for Christian Slater. Except for Christian Slater and except for the writers. The writers managed to write such things as episode or the movie Dunstan Checks In. Like <laughs> they made Dunstan Checks In. Yes. <laughs> they went for Twisted Dunstan Checks In. <laughs> oh my god. I just fucking this this fucking movie. I don't and, disagree with you. I, it's not a good movie, but I, I don't think I have this much of a rant in me about the movie. Oh, it's, I, I it's, don't. it's visceral. I have I have certain reactions to cheap horror where you're just going for a cheap scare. And cheap scares are fine if you, like, deliver them well. And this movie doesn't even fucking do that. This dude throws a kitten into a fucking fireplace for no reason like there's no audience effect to it it's not like you're like oh my god he's horrible and it's like yeah we already know he already beat a bunch of kittens to death out in the woods for no reason so he he threw that one into torment the lady who was caring for the kitten there was a direct reason for it in the movie don't say it was for no reason no not 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 in that way i mean it didn't have any impact he was tormenting this woman and that was a step in the torment that's the whole point of doing it yeah i I don't give a shit i don't give a shit about her i don't give a shit about him i don't give a shit about his shitty parents i don't give a shit about his fucking little sister who gets like drugged in the middle of this movie for no fucking reason and then the movie ends with like a stinger like she's also a psychopath it's just Everything this movie is edited poorly, it is acted poorly, it is written poorly. The story is stupid. Everything that happens in this movie is fucking stupid. 
And Christian Slater un- is undeserving of the rest of his career because of his involvement. Oh, in calm down. It's not listen, that terrible. Right, listen, listen, I got to step in here because I got to, I think, like, wow, there, this movie is far from great. But first of all, I think in the last like half hour of the movie, when they're all in the house together and Christian Slater is just tormenting that babysitter, his performance is solid. I don't think you can criticize that. Uh, I think for especially for like an actor of his age at this, I don't know how old he was exactly, but like a young teenager, I think he does a really good job. He's spewing like Nazi talking points at her and, you know, throwing cats into fireplaces and shit. I mean, I think he does a great job, quite frankly. Um, the movie actually, the last half hour, I would say, is a good movie. How I mean, dare you? I, I'm saying that. I'm saying once they're in that, once they're all in that house together, and it's, I mean, that which is the whole point of the movie is that, and I like, I, I can agree that there's a lot to criticize in the lead up to it because it does a lot of it just feels, I, the word I would use is unnecessary. Like it's there's all these talking points with the parents and there's all this other stuff going on. It's like, none of this matters. The whole bully storyline, like none of it matters. This was all just, how do we stretch this small idea into a film, which is frustrating and generally something that I I can't forgive, but I'm, I'll go as far as to say that like this movie accomplished something really unique where I was tuned out for much of the movie. Cause I'm like, I don't like, when the bully is arguing with his girlfriend because she's like doesn't want him to go beat up Christian Slater, and he's like, I gotta go do it, and she's like offering to sleep with him so that he won't go beat up Christian Slater. I'm like, I couldn't give a fuck about these two characters. I don't understand why we're spending time with them. I don't care about any of this. Like I, I was, you know, on my phone. I was, I actually fell asleep a couple times watching this movie, and. At first, I thought it was because I was tired, but then when I went back and rewatched the movie, I realized I think it's because I was bored. However, it got my attention in that last half hour. I was in, I was fully engaged watching the movie, enjoying what I was watching in that last like I don't know, maybe half an hour since exaggeration, maybe it's only twenty minutes, but and that's very difficult for a film to do to get your attention back when it's already lost you. So, I think they did a good job with that la- with that ending. I don't. I don't understand your criticisms as it pertains to that last part of the film. I I can understand why you're saying everything was unnecessary and boring with the parents and the school stuff and all that nonsense was as far as I'm concerned, just there to make the movie full length. Yeah. I, I don't think I agree with that. I still thought it was pretty boring throughout the entire thing. Um, But I do not even think this is the worst movie we've ever reviewed on this show. No, not even close. So, so I don't even get why Noah's I'm, so upset. I am trying to I am trying to think of a movie I dislike more than this movie, and I am I just cannot. I'm confident that if I called up the list and went down, well, definitely I wouldn't make it past episode one. Whatever that penis hallway movie was that you made <laughs> me watch the first time we sat down. Yeah. You mean Robot Holocaust? No, I don't I don't amazing. know. Amazing. Yeah, but, like Yeah, I wouldn't agree with that either. Hallway of toothy penises. Anyways, yeah, I, I this mean, movie I, didn't even have a hallway full of toothy penises. I mean, no, it didn't. Um, <laughs> I think if that's ah, what you were, their criticism. <laughs> I think if you were going in expecting that, it's reasonable to to be disappointed. Um, but that's kind of on you, in my opinion. If you went in expecting hallway of toothy penises, 
Well, that's well. Once again, my my whole thing is I can accept a a badly made movie if it has if it's like entertaining, and this is not. There was not a one iota, one fucking second of this movie that I wasn't sitting there irritated that I was still watching the movie. The opening credits pissed me off because the opening credits are so fucking stupid and badly edited. (laughs) I have no recollection of the opening credits. I found the movie at least entertaining because I wanted to see young Christian Slater as just some weird psychopathic kid. Yeah. And I pretty much got that. I don't think it was a success for the movie, but I wanted to see how he was going to play it so early in his career. And that was entertaining enough for me. Did you like, do you think he did a good job at least like when they were letting him do it and not when they were asking him to like, no do the other weird shit. I think it was all right. Like, I think he did fine. I don't think they gave him a lot to do. Um, there was a lot of just like, well, sit and put these headphones on and listen to people talk throughout the house. And that's just kind of boring. Um, uh, didn't enjoy him killing cats. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, there's, but, and there's uh, no, it, like, there's no buildup. There's no tension. Like there's I, just, like yeah. I said, there's just yeah. nothing in this movie. I agree. There's no buildup. I don't necessarily agree that there's no tension in the again in the end when everyone's locked in that house together and he's just being an evil psychopath I think there is tension it would be nice if the rest of the movie was a build up to that moment I agree with that um, is there anything else we enjoyed about this movie <laughs> I liked watching him throw the cat in the fireplace I know you guys are against that uh, no it's not a fan I just didn't I'm not against I'm not against killing the animal in a movie if once again if it serves like dramatic purpose and in this it's just like yeah we already know he's like an evil piece of shit and there's a million ways he can torment this woman he's already drugged his little sister at that point I mean throwing a cat in a fireplace isn't exactly the worst thing he's done in the movie I don't know I would put throwing the cat in the fireplace uh, as lower than uh, tormenting the little sister. Hmm. I don't know. Anyways, I, I, I mean, I, I'm really surprised by the visceral reaction that Noah's had to this film. I, <laughs> Me too. I, I was not prepared for this conversation. Um, I need, I just need to be entertained by a movie. That's it. That's my only requirement. <laughs> In this movie, not it, it not only didn't do that, it like negative did that. It sucked the joy out of my life whenever I was already having a bad week. Yeah, I don't. It's hard for me to like get it, though, because you, you, we watch so many of these movies that are just like shitty, shitty fucking lead up to a big climax. And that, that's what this was. Um, it was a short film idea stretched out to feature film length, which is never a good idea. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There really wasn't a whole lot to do. Like the plot had like one destination and took forever to get there. And there was really nothing interesting in between. Yeah. And I, I think they could have made the stuff with the babysitter more interesting. Had they 
you know, spent a little, if, if that character had been better done, we might've cared about the fact that she was like this grieving person and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, but it was like weird. Like part of the problem is that everybody in this movie is rich people. And so they were like, <laughs> like her family would like wanted her to go to a party that night. And she's like, I'm going to go babysit these kids that I met like today. And, family's like well what are we what are we gonna do like people continue to talk negatively of her and it's like yeah she's just i I don't give a shit about that i'm like oh so people are gonna say bad things about her because she'd rather go babysit than go to a party i'm like let her go to babysit i don't care (laughs) i mean the the climax of this movie is christian slater's character accidentally falling on his own nazi helmet yeah yeah is it is it maybe that it's too this is going to sound like a weird way to talk about it, I guess. Is it too like realistic? Meaning just like, yeah, he's kind of shitty the whole time, but he's not really doing anything like super crazy. Whereas like Noah brought up the good son, like in that, like shit gets kind of crazy throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Like he and you're like giant, uh, giant car accidents and stuff, right? Yeah. And you're right. like, Oh shit. Right. And and then, one of the differences is that that's a good movie, <laughs> or at least like, not a bad movie. <laughs> uh, but I guess I'm just I don't know. I, I it just seems like it's like oh okay he uh, he knocked that Bunsen burner over and burned that kid, and the kid did maybe it was just the quality of the movie, but did he have like a cast on his arm? Yeah, the cast was from the burn that he got. Yeah, yeah I you, guess you know, you know burn casts. Well, I was going to say, do you get a cast on your arm when you get burnt? No, of course you fucking don't. <laughs> I think you would just wrap it up. That would, that would insinuate this movie doing something that isn't fucking dumb. <laughs> uh, but that, that's yeah, a little nitpicky know. considering the movie we're talking about. <laughs> but I guess I thought like, yeah, like all the stuff that he's doing is just like, oh. Well, yeah, I can see people doing that in real life, I guess. But there's nothing that like is sort of like, oh man, this evil motherfucker, someone's gotta stop him. I spent most of the movie just like, oh man. That, what I that, mean, he that, murders he murders all those cats in the woods about halfway through the movie. Like yeah, it's that is true, I guess. But I felt like uh throughout most of the movie, I'm like, this babysitter should just like take him over his her knee and just spank the shit out of him. Throw that well, one point in the fire. At one point in time, she does like try to tackle him and accidentally pull his pants off and just start laughing, yeah. which I have to admit, like I, I, I enjoyed that reaction when she started laughing. I'm just like, yep, that's exactly <laughs> that's what you're supposed that's what's supposed to happen when somebody's pants fall down. It doesn't matter if it's like in the middle of this horrific night. You're still going to laugh. He was so pissed. Her, yeah, I was going to say her be- the babysitter's behavior in this movie, too, is just nonsense. It's all nonsense. None of it makes any fucking sense. Because he, once again, because he he goes straight to crazy. There's no buildup. So it's like, oh, he's a dangerous sociopath. And I'm trapped in a house with him, with this little girl. Does she just, I don't know, take that little girl out of the house, away from the sociopath kid and get the parents? <laughs> no. Or, or, or even just fucking call his parents. Like yeah. she goes to do it. And he's like. I'll tell you, I'll tell him you were doing drugs or something. And I'm like, is that worse than what's actually happening right now? Right. It, it is a weird thing because this film was made in like in whatever, 86. Yeah. And the fact that she is on 
like uh, pills for her mental health is probably yes worse than the fact that he is a Nazi. <laughs> uh, that's I'm it's not true. saying I feel that way. I'm saying society in 1986. If you found out that a woman agreed to babysit your kids and didn't warn you that she was taking antidepressants, you would fucking lose your mind. Well, first of all, fuck those parents for moving into the neighborhood and then not just asking somebody, hey, is it good that this random old lady I met at the at the uh, grocery store watches my kids? And maybe somebody would be like, well, she's kind of screwed up because uh, her mom just died. She did, she did specifically say that the yeah. grocery store clerk would vouch for her because she works there occasionally. Oh, okay. Yeah. I forgot that. So I think that's, I think we're to assume that that level of uh, that level of background check counts. It's a little weird. Yeah, I must have missed that. For some reason, I thought it was just some lady walking up like, hey, I'll watch your kids. And she's like, okay. Well, it is also, it's it's the stupid, like, um, rich people thing again, because it is rich people who are like, I can't miss this party. What would people say? So I'll just leave my kid with whomever I can find. Rather than, you know, making sure they're safe. I can't I can't tell these people that I'm putting the well-being of my child ahead of being at their party. That would be unacceptable socially, you know. And plus, these parents also know that their kid is kind of a psychopath. Yeah. And she literally just says, oh, if he starts acting up, just send him to his room. Yeah. No more like, look, sometimes he goes a little nuts. Just call us and we'll come home and deal with it. Did we mention our last four housekeepers have died? Right. <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't mention that. The movie opens with a fucking housekeeper falling down the stairs to her death because of Christian Slater. Yep. Which was I actually that 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 hooked me at the beginning there. I was like, oh, if the whole movie's just going to be him knocking people down the stairs, I'm in. And then it turns out very little of that happened. See, from the description, I thought this movie was going to be like um, fucking uh, almost like people under the stairs, but without like the people under the stairs, like the babysitter gets in there and then she's like trapped in the house and he's like, you know, pulling all sorts of tricks to like trap her in rooms or make her fall or something because I was really excited by the premise of it. And it's just like, oh, he plays, he plays music real loud sometimes. He, that's he like edits, the of it. He edits together loud military sounds, marching bands, and Nazi propaganda. Yeah, that's literally it. Because <laughs> even like as the movie started, I'm like, oh shit, he's got this whole fucking house wired. Because they do show that he has like fucking microphones and shit throughout the entire house, so he can hear what people are saying yeah. in different rooms. I'm like, he's going to have his whole house wired and fucking like, yeah, he's going to be like trapping this lady in the house and torturing her. But no, not even close. I mean, yeah. Based on the plot description, I was hoping for something like that, like a reverse home alone almost. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. Um, but that's not what the movie was, which it's not no. the movie's fault that we were hoping for that. <laughs> yes, it is. It's just... <laughs> This movie we'd never heard of and read a, the two lines. The movie's fault and, for being bad. Just, your anger is not warranted. <laughs> like nobody's arguing that this is a good movie. 
Um, but your level of uh, frustration is... I, I th- its existence I, offends me. No. Well, <laughs> I... This, I... I'm not sure what to say. This, considering the movies we watch and the, that we watch all the time, I, I don't know why this one is such a problem. I think that sounds like a challenge for us to find a movie worse than this for Noah to watch. Well, something Noah will like less. doesn't have to be worse than this. It's, yeah, it's, it's, I was, was going to say, because that's what I, I have established this. This is not necessarily the worst made movie I've ever seen. This is this is the movie of which I derive the least amount of joy. And by that, I mean, like negative joy. My life is worse for having have watched this movie. I, I just I, I'm, I'm I'm mildly flabbergasted. Um, I my take on the movie, I think we're, we're pretty much done this conversation. My, my final take is just like it's not good, but it's kind of interesting to see young Christian Slater trying to play a psychopath. He does a decent job in the, the climactic scenes of the film. And I don't know, like I, like I say, the ending's okay. The rest of the film is just there because you can't just have an ending to a movie. You have to have a bunch of lead up to it. So they stuck stuff together. And it's unfortunate because there's probably ways to do it better that would keep it interesting. Uh, I pretty much agree with you. All right. Uh, all right, Doug, do you want to run down Legend of Billie Jean? Legend from of Billie Jean? From the sound of it, Noah did not enjoy that one either. All right. Um, I actually, I do, I do enjoy it. I'll give you a little spoiler alert, but it's the, it's an extremely 80s film about some uh, poor teenagers who have some run-ins with some rich bullies. And uh, results in them, the rich bully stealing a scooter from Christian Slater's character that he has a strong emotional attachment to because he bought it with the insurance money that his father left him when he died. And when Christian Slater attempts to retrieve it, it is trashed and he is beaten up. So his older sister, played by Helen Slater, goes to the shop where that is run by the father of the head bully and uh, demands repayment for the damaged damaged bike. And basically he attempts to uh, have sex with her instead of paying her, or not instead of paying her, I guess. He offers to pay her a little bit of money every time she has sex with him until they reach the goal. Yes, he wants to rape her for $50 a time until she gets all her money. Yes, but it's the 80s, so I don't know if this... Rape would have been the word we would have used for this at the time. Um, it is the word we would use today. Um, anyways, so basically, uh, a struggle ensues. He ends up being shot. They correctly conclude that since they're poor and he is wealthy, there's no point in them trying to explain themselves to the authorities and that they will be in trouble. So they go on the run. Um, they eventually become sort of folk heroes because they meet up with somebody who helps them make videotapes, which they distribute to the media, which is sort of funny because it is kind of like a precursor to social media ideas um, of like, yeah, they're, they're basically getting this message out there that a lot of young people are, are getting behind and a lot of like lower income people are getting behind. So they, they become these like kind of like outlaws 
that are like mm-hmm. uh, almost like the, the gang from Young Guns, for lack of a better way to describe them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it it all sort of culminates with a big event at a beach where it, there's weird things where there's like politicians involved who are willing to shoot these kids because they think it'll help them get elected and they have a hostage, but he's not really a hostage. He's just a wannabe video director who kind of is on board with their cause. And Played by the dude from Christine. That's who he was. It was bugging yeah. me. Oh, okay. Keith Gordon. He's also in Jaws too. Jesus. Now I gotta go watch Christine and Jaws too. Yeah. Keith Gordon week next week. Are we allowed to do that or <laughs> <laughs> unofficially? Um. Anyways, yeah. So that's. I mean, that's the movie. It ends with like they're giving speeches and shit that are very, very 1980s. This is the most 80s movie we've ever talked about. Uh, I mean, key- it ends. It ends with an act of arson in front of an entire town full of people and several cops who don't do anything about it. It's a it's a struggle that results in a fire starting. Mm-hmm. We should mention Keith Gordon's dad is played by Dean Stockwell. Yes, who is not and, Dan Hedaya. And uh, for some reason, that makes perfect sense to me. It does. Like, well, it's just like I never would have been like, oh, you could cast Dean Stockwell and then Keith Gord could play his son. But when I like saw this movie and then I'm like, oh, they do kind of look like they look related. Like that makes sense. Okay. Casting person did a good job. It's just not the two people I would have thought to put together. I probably would have went with Dan Hedaya. So. Yeah. I, I, did, I didn't. I thought it was fine. I didn't really yeah. think anything of it. I just thought it was good casting. Uh, so this is a first time watch for me. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, I really liked it. Good. Um, I think this is one of those, and I'm kind of mad at myself that I didn't watch it when I was younger. Um, I feel like if I would have saw this like my teens or whatever, that this would be like one of my favorite movies of all time, probably. Yeah, it very much appeals to. Uh, a youth market it has a it's in some ways it is to the 80s what empire records is to the 90s if that makes any sense mm-hmm. <laughs> where it is this like it's just these young kids who are put upon just saying fuck you to authority and they become the heroes of the movie by doing that and it, it's interesting that i can watch it as an adult and still get behind them because i can see some of the some of the themes of like you know, like the rich kids getting away with everything. And I'm like, yeah, that is true. And it's still true now. And it's, you know, like it's more frustrating when you're a teenager, but you still deal with it as an adult as well. And, you know, the thing, the whole thing with the politician who is like, ah, my kid probably wasn't kidnapped. He's probably just being a dick about it. And then they're like, well, except, except he's right. Takes it, it kind of takes the sting out of it whenever you're like, yeah, he just assumes that his kid fucked off and is being a dick, but it's, but no, he's 100% correct that his kid just fucked off and is being a dick. Yeah, but then my whole point is that then when they turn around and they're like, well, voters would want you to do something about this, he immediately pretends to believe that his kid's been kidnapped for the remainder of the movie to the point where he's calling in sharpshooters to fire guns at teenagers because he's and he's ready to kill like these kids because he's like, well, I have to do something about the kidnapping, but he never believed it to be true. He's just willing to kill citizens in order to 
That's true. Create the appearance that he believes it to be true, which is he's, he's a douche. Yeah, he's it, a douche. And he's it's an accurate representation of what our politicians are in today's world. <laughs> uh, it's you know what I mean. Like it's yeah. it's kind of it's kind of weird that way where you're like I yeah that's right that's what would happen if you're like well my kids my kids not kidnapped there's no reason to worry about this voters would want you to do something about it okay then i'm going to double down on it and i'm going to act like i believe it's true and we're people could die and that's fine as long as the voters believe i did the right thing so what do you think of this movie Noah? i don't know i don't think much of it it's just so this one it's not like terrible garbage like the other movie was but it's just it's not it's not very good and i don't there's just nothing exciting about it so it's a youth and revolt movie in which if you want youth and revolt movies from the 80s there's like a million of those so you could watch one of those good ones or if you want a youth and revolt movie with christian slater in it you could just watch pump up the volume which once again it's a, it's a great movie. Like, um, volume yeah. one, great. I feel like this movie has a lot in common with that movie. Yeah, to, to a to a it's lesser just, just cheesier, degree, but yeah, yeah, che- cheesier and in less well done. Like the stupid fair is fair shit. I I don't fucking care about the main character. Oh, like yeah, I just don't give a shit about her. Like I just don't fucking care. <laughs> and uh, there is an important thing. So Yardley Smith. Who I mm. who I love is great in movies in small parts. <laughs> it's and they gave Yeardley Smith way too much fucking screen time in this movie. And fuck, she gets so grating so fast. And you just want to be like, somebody shut Yeardley Smith the fuck up. I, I actually would agree with that criticism of the movie, where I'm like, that like she's supposed to be comic relief, I guess. But it's it's too much of it. And you're just like at the end, you're like, I because there's a point where they refuse to take her with them and she like sneaks her way on. And I'm like, oh, imagine if they just didn't take her. <laughs> I'd like this gang of kids more without her in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get I get what the movie's going for. And it's this idea of. Uh, how folk heroes are born and exist. And there's, uh, there's the stupid parallel with fucking Joan of Arc. Although that parallel doesn't work because she doesn't fucking die at the end. No, but they do. So that is why they start the big fire at the end. I, so. I know. So that they can burn her in effigy, which is, yeah, it's, but, still fu- yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> it's a bad, it's a bad <laughs> parallel. It's eighties filmmaking. They're not going to burn the main character alive at the end. <laughs> Well, I don't even think she needs to be burned alive at the end, but I think it's the idea of her. She's supposed to pay for it all. You know what I mean? She's supposed to buy liberation. That's that's the story of Joan of Arc. You know what I mean? So even her going to jail at the end, but the result of her going to jail is the the social liberation of other people mm-hmm. makes sense, but they yeah, don't, no. they don't, but they don't fucking do that. And instead it, it's just, she needs a guy in the balls at the end and his shop burns down. Ooh. It, it is. The ending is a little bit of a cop out with it. And it's, it's just an eighties movie and that's all there is to it. Right. In the eighties movie, 
you don't get punished for all the things you did. You know what I mean? Like that's not how it works. You were the hero. And some of the movies we've talked about from the eighties where we've talked about how good they are. One of the things that is happened is there is a realistic reaction to what the hero did, even though they had good motivations. Um, First blood is probably the best example where, you know, he actually is taken into custody at the end of the movie. They don't go, Oh, well the sheriff was mean to you. So, you know what I mean? And that, that is kind of what happens in this movie is they're like, well, yeah, it turns out she was right. So all those crimes she committed are okay now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just got problems. There's, there, I feel like there's no build to to her. Once again, her becoming the folk hero. Her brother accidentally shoots that guy, and they go on a run. And the next thing that happens is that she's already got people going, "Oh my God, you're Billy Jean! Sign my newspaper!" And it's like, what? <laughs> but there's there's no reason for that. There's no there's no justification. For well, that reaction, yeah. no, the, the justification there, there is, is later that, once all the stories start. You know, but, but the just before the stories, the justification is that there are they're showing that the youth was already looking for a hero. The youth was already looking for someone to stand up for them against their their the injustice, and that's she. They immediately turn to her. And so she doesn't necessarily want that role. That's not her intention, but she's gradually learning that that's what she's been thrust into. I see. Once again, I suppose, but I just, I feel like there needs to be more. There needed to be more justification for it before it started happening. Mm-hmm. There is a weird thing where, because she's obviously very justified from what we saw. Right. The dude, the dude was being like, super aggro and was going to get what he wanted, whether she liked it or not. And I feel like if everybody knew that and she still didn't get any, like the cops were still after her for shooting him, then everybody would be like, yeah, fuck that guy for being all rapey. Billy Jean is a hero. Fuck everybody. Right. But but it is but like, we do. <laughs> it's also weird that it's the 1980s. And even whenever she gets the camera and has a chance to like set the record straight, she's like, yeah. I just want my $600. And she isn't like, he tried to rape me. Like <laughs> I, I went to ask Again. for the money to get the bike fixed. And that dude tried to physically force himself on me. And it, and I know, I know, I know you're going to say it was the eighties, but even is. in the eighties, like it was a thing. Like, it was a thing like people still talked about it occasionally. I know, I know there was a lot more victim blaming and that kind of stuff, but I don't think the average person watching this movie in 1980, what year is this? 85 or something? Yeah. 85. Like it's, I don't think the average person thinks that what happened there was a rape scene. I think that I, it's good that our culture has changed to recognize that that is, but they would call that him aggressively pursuing her, not rape. And that's I, you think, see, I don't, in, I don't think that in, that's accurate. in 1985. Yeah. They'd be like, well, he shouldn't be trying to sleep with her, but that's not cool. I mean, and if, she's a child Yeah. again, an older in, child. In, she's a child. <laughs> In the 80s, an adult trying to sleep with a a 16 or 17 year old would not have drawn the ire of society the way it would today. It 
and I, again, once again, these, I agree are, with I'm, that. I'm but not I, justifying, but it, it but it would have been a thing. Like I, I get that it it wasn't as big of a thing. It still was a thing. I don't, yeah, I, I'm not like I, I think I think there would have been a lot of people, at least in the in the context of a movie, who would have gone like, yeah, he was just trying to get laid. And, you know, they would have been happy to say, well, look, she's a cute girl and who can really blame him for taking a shot? Like, and uh, you know, I'm not saying those things just to be clear for anyone listening, <laughs> but that's how I think a lot of people would have reacted at the time. Our society has come a long way on that issue and it's good that we have, but I think we forget how in relatively recent times it was just part of part of life that sometimes an adult male would just try to force himself on a teenage girl. Yeah. Yeah. And and the whole, the whole fair is fair thing is fucking stupid. I, I didn't mind that. That was fine. It It is very eighties. I don't like, I think that's a, but once again, yeah. there are, there are good. There are really, really good eighties movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is, it is literally the decade of movies that I'm like, this, this is the benchmark for making good movies. I just don't understand your criticisms of this film so far. As far as like, I can understand like, it's just not great. Like, like I said, I'm not saying this is a bad movie. I'm just saying everything about this movie is done way better in other movies from the same time period. So why so, give a shit about this movie? Well, I, well first of all, I, I sometimes watch more than one movie. So, um, but <laughs> uh, I, I guess. So what, what's the better version of this movie that you think is so much better that this one doesn't deserve to be watched? Pump up the volume. Okay, but that's a 90s movie. Irrelevant. It's still a better movie. You <laughs> said 80s movies. <laughs> I think what I like is that it's very female-centric. Yeah, at which Pump at up the, the time... Is very male-centric. At, at the time, I think um, that was probably a bigger deal too, right? Again... How many mm-hmm. movies even had a female lead in them back then, let alone one that was rebelling against society yeah. and the leader of her little group, right? And plus, like, we think about it now, but, I mean, it wasn't, I didn't come off this way back then, but, like, the stuff we watched, like, fucking Breakfast Club of all movies, like, I love The Breakfast Club, grew up watching yeah. it, think it's great. But then you look at some stuff in it, like... Ali Sheedy's character, like, oh, well, your point of happiness is just to uh, be more pretty, less yeah. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and it is like, oh, fuck, that's not a good message. At least, at least this one is like female centric. And it's just like, yeah, don't take that shit. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, keeping in mind that in the Breakfast Club, guys yeah, sticks his head between the, the girl's legs club. and and <laughs> is like, he literally sticks his head between the girl's legs and then later she sleeps with them because yeah. she doesn't even consider that an act of sexual assault, which it no, clearly no, no. is. Um, no, trust me, all the women in Breakfast Club have major yeah. problem, character problems, yeah. and which we, we didn't really think about back then. But when you get no. older, you're like, oh, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, I mean, the out, the outsider. I only ever saw that once and it was a long time ago. Yeah, I'd have to rewatch that. Suburbia. I don't know if Suburbia is a better movie than this. Yeah. I thought this movie might be one of the one of the movies that I have a memory of, but still can't find. I don't know what movie it is. 
it's something my parents rented and I, I must've missed the beginning of it. And all I remember is that I thought it took place starts out like a at a, like a reform school or something and or is it an orphanage i don't know either way there's like these essentially punks that are at this reform school and this younger kid shows up there and they're sort of like salute to each other is giving each other the middle finger because i don't know i was probably like five or six when i saw it so I, in my head i'm just like oh my god they're giving each other the finger um i think i've seen the one you're talking about and the the kid either gets adopted or gets sent home from the school. And I remember them all standing out in front of the school, giving him the finger. And he's driving away in the car, looking out the back window and gives them the finger in secret. So he doesn't get in trouble. But then they all like leave the school and go to his house and like wreak havoc on it. Like it's the eighties. So of course I think the parents are out of town or something. So the older sister's watching him and all these punks show up and like, Essentially, just throw a giant weird party in their house, and someone rides a motorcycle into the like a dirt bike into their pool, and the older sister, of course, is like, you know, this can't be happening. So they like tie her up to the wall, and since it's the '80s, one of them rips her shirt open so that she's just hanging out in her bra for however long. And of course, to like a five or six year old, I'm like, oh my god. But nowadays, I'm like, oh, no, that's that's not good. <laughs> and I don't know what the movie is. Like, I I have no recollection of what it's called. And I've gone through stuff where I thought maybe like Suburbia, maybe that would be the movie. Yeah. That's not it. I thought maybe it was Class of 84. It's not that one. It's not it's not the one with Keanu Reeves and Crispin Glover. In it, is it? What was that called? River's Edge? River's Edge. I haven't seen River's Edge, but I feel like that movie's a lot darker than what it's, i remember it's, this it's movie much being. much darker than what you're there's nobody driving yeah. motorbikes into pools and shit yeah <laughs> this seemed like a uh a punk kids having a good time but the, you know the type of 80s fun where nobody's dying or anything like for some reason in my head it's like equivalent with like weird science and i just i don't know what the movie is and it's haunted me for like i don't know 35 years now Right, By the way, River's the, Edge is another another youth of revolt. Maybe it's better. Heather's I Heather's was like ninety one or something, wasn't it? Eighty nine, I think. All right. I don't know. I could be wrong. Again, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't see how those movies being good affects this movie. That's the issue I'm, not, I'm having. Once once again, I'm not saying that. I'm saying. This isn't a great movie, and I'd rather watch other movies. Yeah. It's fair enough, I guess. That's what I'm yeah, saying. I mean, once, once again, I'm not dogging on this one like fucking Twisted, which should be strapped to a fucking rocket and shot into the goddamn sun. <laughs> this one is just one of those movies that I'm like, meh, it's all right. I don't, I don't care for it. I'll probably never watch it again. If other people like it, I'm glad they like it. Uh, Amanda was in the kitchen making dinner and she was digging on the soundtrack, yeah. especially the, was it the Pat Benatar song they kept playing? Yeah. Everyone loves that song. Yeah. There was some, uh, some Billy Idol going on in this movie too, though. It's a very eighties soundtrack, Totally. but they're like running through the mall being chased by mall cops and like Billy Idol's playing at one point. And I'm like, is this the eighties, easiest thing ever in the history of time? Like what? <laughs> If Mr. T shows up, I won't be surprised at this point. 
I did like that the uh, the douchebag shop owner. His plan was essentially get her Ray from Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, she's at the, she's off the escalator. Get her! And then a bunch of like idiot teenagers jump out and try to grab her. Well, and that's that's like another like funny eighties thing where you're like, that's once he breaks his protocol where he's no longer helping the cops, that's kidnapping. So <laughs> but again, it, in an eighties movie, you would never call it that, but it's what it is is like you were just trying to grab this girl for your own purposes rather than just let the cops who were there in the process of doing a sting get her <laughs> I, I will say billy jean it has a bright future ahead of her as a cosmetologist because you know she she fucking she really did her hair really well with a pair of just regular old ass scissors <laughs> in the bathroom in five minutes listen uh. She also apparently sewed a new outfit while she was in there. Well, that guy had all sorts of costumes in his house. She could have found all that stuff around. The wig they picked out for her was pretty terrible, though. Yeah, that's fair. Anyways, can we talk about the movie and not just the wardrobe? What did you think of Christian Slater? Isn't that an important part of the movie? I mean, to a certain extent, yes, because it is the 80s. And in case you forget, they're all dressed in a way to make sure you know it's the 80s. <laughs> I, didn't, I mean, his performance wasn't bad, but his character yeah. that he plays in this movie is like a, well, I think this goes for everybody, too. It's just a super one-dimensional character. It isn't like there's a bunch to it. Yeah, he's the, he's the child who keeps making things worse because he doesn't seem to understand the gravity of the situation. I mean... Like, do any characters grow throughout the course of this movie? Any of them? Because, mm. I mean, Billie Jean is supposed to be the main focus of this movie. And she goes from the beginning of the movie where she's an assertive female character who's willing to go march into this guy's house and demand $600 from him. And it ends with her as an assertive female character who's willing to go to this guy's house and demand $600 from him. Burn yeah. the store down. I mean, once again, she just knees him in the balls. I think that's the only difference is in in the beginning, she tries to escape from being molested by him. And in the end, she she knees him in the balls. Well, to be fair, in the first time she goes to the store, she knees the, the son in the balls. And then when she goes back, she just knees the dad in the balls. Oh, yeah. So it's good, not, good, it's not good, that much good character point. development. Yeah. So she needs she needs a slightly older person in the balls <laughs> to show that the strength that she's gained throughout the film. I would agree that a, if you consider it a criticism, I, I'm not bothered by it, but I would agree. There is no character growth to anyone in this movie. Uh, the cop, maybe the cop. I find the cop is a really interesting throw into this movie because the way he acknowledges his own, like, I think it's very realistic when they go in and they file the police report about the stolen bike and he's like they'll probably just bring it back get out of here fucking kids like yeah. i think that feels very real to me and then when he realizes that this situation is blowing up out of control and he a- accepts blame for it like he I acknowledges mean, it's yeah, his own once, fault once again is, he starts the movie is a good cop 
and he ends the movie. This is a good cop. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll stop saying positive things about the movie because Noah's not interested in hearing them. No, I'm not. No, I, I agree with you that I, I think his portrayal is good and all that kind of stuff. Well, we've, I'm just, we've, I'm just we've saying established, part of we've established that is, not is the characters. evolution of characters. In, not really 80s doesn't. filmmaking, though. I mean, Yardley Smith's character goes from a desperate hanger on of Billie Jean's character to standing up to her mom by wait cutting her hair and emulating the girl that she's been hanging on to the entire time never mind (laughs) noah had a bad week and he's taking it out on these movies is what's going on here for our (laughs) listeners at home First movie may have earned some of it. Yeah, no, I'm not. Once again, not taking it out on this movie. You're, I'm, you're, I'm being, I'm being humorous because it's funny how shallow the movie is. Y- your point is made that yes, there is a lack of character development in the movie, as there is in many like teen drama type films, and that's a fair criticism. I mean, we that's didn't fine. even have a nerdy best friend who she figured out loved her the entire time. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of okay with that. This movie didn't really need that. Well, what about the jock who learns that to appreciate her creative side? Well, she didn't have glasses in this movie. So. Yeah, that's true. And she would have needed to, instead of cutting her hair off, let her hair down to get attractive. It's true. It's true. Um, I don't know. Big recommend for me. I really enjoyed it. I said I was kind of bummed that I didn't watch this in my younger years. Now I now I watch it. I'm like, oh man, that looks exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas when I was younger, I'd be like, yeah, fuck everybody, let's go to Vermont. And then you get there and you're like, oh, just a bunch of rich people in Vermont. Fuck this. It is weird that that's Christian Slater's entire plan, right? What was it? there's what's the backstory? I can't remember off the top of my head. But no, why? they're just they're just running, and he goes, "Let's go to Vermont. No one will ever no. find us in Vermont." No, no, there's a reason why he wants to go to yeah. Vermont. Like his dad used to tell them stories or something. I think he said she used to tell him stories about it. Yeah, and her big, I think when they're like because they went swimming at the beginning, and I think they're laying on the raft, and he he's like, "Tell me about Vermont again," and she's like. She's like, oh, it's not hot up there. And he's like, it doesn't get hot. She's like, it gets hot. It just doesn't get as hot as it is here. And I think that was his big, like, oh, shit, I want to go to Vermont and not be hot like I am in Texas. No, I, I, I think, and I'm trying to think of the line of dialogue, but it, there's something in it where this isn't the first time he's wanted to go to Vermont. He's wanted to go to Vermont yeah. for a while. And now he's like, well, since we're on the run, I might as well get to go to Vermont. That's the impression I get from it. I'm just sad he never gets to go to Vermont. He goes to Vermont at the end of the movie. Yeah, come on, Noah. Does he? Yeah, that's that's the the happy ending they tag on to the end of this movie. Is that that, instead of instead of her paying the price, she ends. I had I had completely checked out at that point. As soon as it faded to black, Noah just shut it off. (laughs) It dips to black. It dips back up, and it shows her standing alongside a, a road, and it's like. It is snowed out very heavily. She's hitchhiking and the car just passes her by and she looks over at the convenience mart. Christian Slater walks out with his arm in his sling and he's like, you told me it'd be cold, but Jesus Christ or something. Oh yeah. No, I recall that. I just don't, I don't, I don't think I read into it that far. Freeze frame credits roll. 
you assume everybody lived happily ever after. Because I just thought that whole thing was the, uh, oh, we need to show Christian Slater's character isn't dead. No. Well, it was, but they showed him not dead in Vermont. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Uh, all right, what did everybody watch? Uh, uh, I think fuck all. How long How long's it been since we were... <laughs> I haven't even watched the, the last two episodes of She-Hulk. What? Haven't had time. You're not going to get like super aggro about the fact that she twerks in this last episode. I didn't know that was a thing. I'm not. Well, I'm not super excited about that now that I know that that's a thing that happens. It. It's. Oh my god. It's. It's not that big of a deal. It's actually. It's just a one-off whatever. joke. It's a one-off joke. No. Well, with, then that's fine. With a famous singstress who also does twerking in real life and uh, apparently people are fucking losing their minds over it as in this how dare they this show's got twerking in it fuck marvel forever does she attitudes does she clap her cheeks so hard that it causes a sonic boom that takes out a super villain because oh i would have appreciated that no but i've i've actually seen memes that say once she combines these two superpowers she's going to be unstoppable (laughs) Clap them, clap them cheeks. <laughs> I mean, no, besides, uh, I, I'm up to date on uh, what we do in the shadows, and I think that's it. I know there are some movies out that I want to see. But well, it's a bummer. What'd you watch, Doug? Uh, I already told you about Jaws. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't watch much else. I'm mildly busy this week. Um, oh, yeah, you're moving back into your burned down house. Yeah. How is it? It's all right. Moving same, really same, same as the old house, but not burned. Yeah, I mean it's it's not burned down anymore, which is nice. Got a bunch of new stuff in there, like new furniture, yeah. new uh, new appliances, and yeah, new appliances. You know, you know me. I get so excited about new appliances. So, well, my question now is because insurance companies are horrible. So, like, do you tell them like, oh, I had like a six-year-old fridge in there do they then have to go seek out like a six-year-old fridge to put in your apartment or in your house or do they they allow you get a new fridge so here's what they do they come along and they like shortly after the fire you have to give them like a list of literally everything that was in your house and they like they first they have a guy that goes into the wreckage and walks around and tries to make like a list of the bigger items and then you have to add in all the lighter items and once you agree on like the list and they're like, in my case, they didn't question it. I didn't like tell them I had anything. You know, I didn't yeah. go, Oh, and the Picasso that was on the wall. That's not there anymore. Oh. So it must've burned up. I didn't do any of that. shit. I have that. My so. first edition of Alice in Wonderland signed by oh. the author. Oh, yeah. there was, there was my cabinet of Fabergé eggs. I forgot about that one. Yeah. I, I didn't pull any of that shit. So they, they didn't question my listing at all, but then what they'll do is you get the choice where, so they'll give you 
they take everything and they look at the current value of it. Like that's there's a guy whose job it is to look up every item you list and be like, this is what it's worth today. Then they make an adjustment for the fact that it wasn't new at the time of the fire and they come up with a value of the assets. Weird, and you, weirdly, that guy's name is a claim adjuster. No, it's not. It's a different guy. Hmm. Um, so then what they do is they go, okay, you have a choice. We'll buy you like a new, a new couch or we'll give you the cash value of your old couch, whichever one you want. And you've and you, not just couches, but every item, right? So you can go buy the couch. If it's comparable quality, we'll pay for the new one. But you bring us the receipt for each and every single item in the entire house. The other alternative is that they will just give you the cash value, which is a reduced value based on the fact that none of your assets were new at the time of the fire. And then they have a magic third solution, which isn't written down anywhere, which is another number that's sort of about halfway between those two numbers that they'll give you just so that they don't have to go through the effort of going through every item because they know nobody would take the lower number. So that's the one I ended up taking because I'm like, then it's a one-time payout. I'm not bringing them any every item. I can just go out and choose to buy whatever I want, regardless of whether it directly replaces something else that was in my house. And it all worked out. It probably is the better option. Because the other thing is, technically, the way my insurance was written, and I don't know if this is true for other companies, but technically, you only get six months to bring them all the receipts for everything in your house. Mm. And they go, well, graciously, we'll grant you up to a year that's them being super generous to you well i don't know if you know this but it takes longer than a year to get your house rebuilt so like if i went out and bought like a new fridge and brought them the receipt and they'd be like that's awesome and then now i gotta find a place to store a fridge for the rest of the year until my house is built so i have somewhere to put it like it's it is kind of bullshit yeah like i'm reasonably confident that the anybody who does it that way is going to end up being screwed because you're going to end up not rebuying all the stuff that was in your house within mm. that year. Yeah. Unless you have like the cash to go buy another house to immediately start refilling. But anyways, <laughs> that's kind of neither here nor there. Yeah. Well, what did you get a chance to watch besides Jaws? Uh, I watched a movie called the child from 1977. And it's uh, it's actually weird that I watched it in the same week as Twisted because it's another one about a new uh, housekeeper coming in and the child being evil. But in this one, the child raises people from the graveyard to basically be her zombie army to take revenge on anybody who pisses her off. Hmm. So it's a little bit different. Slightly. Um, yeah. It's 70s horror. So a lot of like slow moving followed by every now and again girl does a little chant zombies eat people so naturally i kind of loved it um just it's just one of those ones that where you're just like yeah it's just uh, the idea is too good for me to not enjoy it a child raising an army of the dead to seek revenge on people i i i'm predisposed to that concept i guess so i enjoyed it enough um to be honest it been now because of like delays in scheduling and because I had to move an entire house by myself in between watching it now I don't remember it as well as I would like to in order to be able to describe it more but <laughs> um, 
and yeah, like that's it. I mean, honestly, I, I like I. It took three tries to watch Twisted because I kept falling asleep every time I tried. Because you know, I moved the entire house by myself, so minus yeah. having people carry the heaviest furniture. It's probably a good option. Um, well, let's see. I watched a movie called Off Season on Shutter. Uh, this woman, uh, her mom grew up on this weird island. Can't tell if it's like down by Florida, maybe. Um, either way, nondescript. Uh, she gets a call that her mom's grave has been uh, defaced. So she has to go back and, you know, deal with whatever. And of course, the day she's showing up is the day that they're getting ready to close the island down because tour season's over um but she so they're like oh so yeah we we lift the drawbridge it must be up here in the north east then because otherwise why would they i don't know doesn't matter uh they lift the drawbridge up and then basically they're cut off from the mainland until the next spring or whatever so you said drawbridge right yeah because this movie takes place at a castle yes um no it's uh what the fuck do you call it um the bridge is the like goes up in the as a cut in the middle oh like uh okay i know the kind of bridges you mean they raise them and the ship yeah. goes through what the okay. fuck are they called doesn't matter uh but he's like this time tomorrow we're gonna raise the bridge up for the season so make sure you get whatever you need to get done and then get the fuck off here you're gonna be stuck here um, and so, you know, they let her go in, uh, everybody on the island's really fucked up and weird. You get a real uneasy feeling like they don't like outsiders that much. Um, especially around this time, even though apparently they do have a tourist trade. I don't know. <laughs> that it's, sounds <laughs> mildly contradictory, but yeah, okay. but I think it's the time of year. They don't like, they don't like, uh, outsiders outside of tour season. Okay. Doesn't matter. Again, doesn't matter. Everybody acts really weird. Um, at some point, uh, her and her boyfriend get separated in the town. And uh, she keeps talking about how she, her mom kept saying she didn't want to get buried on this island. She didn't want to come back to it after she died. Um, and for, if you watch the trailer, they do describe that there's something weird going on on the island. Everybody acts really weird in the old... Uh, the old story was that the people on the island generations ago made a deal with a demon. And I think uh, it may have involved like sacrifices. Okay. And it seems like something may be coming up once again, just, just as the tourist season closes. Um, so that it becomes like a ticking clock. She has to get off the island. Why is she here in the first place? Who, you know, did stuff to her mom's grave. Um, stuff like that. She starts digging more into her mom's past, and again, her shit happens. Uh, it's pretty good. I mean, it's it's not uh, gonna change your life or anything, but I enjoyed kind of the weird island folklore type of uh, type of movie they had going on. Uh, then a friend of mine came over. He wanted to watch some movies, uh, and he's the one I'm trying to show stuff to that he uh, 
he's never seen before. So he said he wanted to watch either something funny or something horror. And I said, well, I got something that's a little bit of both. And it's a John Carpenter movie called Body Bags. Oh, nice. And uh, he loved it. He also loves anthology movies, which I forgot about. And so I hit like all three sectors on it and he had a great time watching it. Uh, I got to watch during the one with uh, Stacey Keach where he gets all the hair grows in. <laughs> as soon as he saw they were worms, he's like, what the fuck? No, fuck that. <laughs> it was great. It's a reasonable reaction to those circumstances. Yeah. Uh, and then the second movie I picked out, I'm like, oh, you'll probably like this movie. Uh, it's a nice little uh, Charles Band movie called Dolls. Not knowing that he has a weird thing about dolls because his grandma apparently has a shit ton of like vintage dolls in her house that he had to deal with every time he went over there. I was like, oh, this works out perfectly. So we watched it and uh, there was lots of times of him going, oh, God, no. Oh, fuck that. Fuck that. And getting like animated. I respect that. And there was actually one time where he looks at the screen. He's like, oh, my God, my grandma actually has that doll. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, it was great. He felt uneasy the whole time, swearing at the TV. Then by the time he was over, he's like, that was delightful. I'm glad he learned. He appreciates that the yeah. torment is for his own good. He, uh, I think <laughs> I told him like, I think this is the most fun I've ever had watching this movie. So that's the most fun anyone's ever had watching that movie. <laughs> the movie's like, all right, but it's like, yeah, to get that much of a reaction from somebody is amazing. Yeah. So yeah. Anytime the doll would make a face or something, he's just like, nope, nope, nope. No. <laughs> It's like, great. And that fucking opening scene where uh, her evil stepmom throws her teddy bear into the woods. And then, like, it comes out as, like, a giant teddy bear. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of fucked up. And then all of a sudden it tears its skin off and it's like a real giant fucking bear. He's like, that's fantastic. You should rewatch that movie. It's been a while. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then uh, since, you know, we were talking about he's like, what other anthology movies should we watch? And we've narrowed it down. The only one that he hasn't seen before, I think, so far is like the 70s, like Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, movie. I love that one. And Creepshow 2. Because oh, I showed him I, I showed him Creepshow 1 already. Um, everything else we kind of went through, and I'm like, I can't find anything that's like, it's like a big one that you should have seen. Maybe Tales of Oh, Tales from the Dark Side of the movie. He hasn't seen that one either. So we're going to watch that next time it comes over. Um, but everything else seems like he had uh, he had seen already. Um, but as we were looking for him, I did find um, uh, my uh, digital versions of uh, Masters of Horror. Oh, yeah. And he had never even heard of that show before. Oh, so I was like, well, I mean, if we're going to watch one of these episodes, we should probably just watch like what is considered one of the best ones. So we watched the John Carpenter cigarette burns episode. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah, he enjoyed it. I don't know if he was like super in love with it, but uh, he did because he's a weirdly as it is, even though he hasn't seen a ton of movies, he is a movie collector. So <laughs> 
Is this why you guys are friends? You both collect movies and then don't watch them? That's possible. No, I think he's just, he's not as familiar with a lot of the uh, horror stuff that he should be watching. So I keep showing him shit. And then he, like a week later, he's like, hey, I was at this this place locally that sells used movies. Like, hey, I was there. Look what I picked up. And he picked up the movie we just watched. So at least helping him build a decent collection, I guess. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh, all right, next week, more Christian Slater goodness. And I decided let's do two ensemble movies that have Christian Slater in them. So we're going to watch a movie called Mobsters. Christian Slater plays a mobster. That's the clever title. Um, but he's starring alongside people like uh, Richard Grieco, of all people. <laughs> Richard Grieco and Christian Slater as mobsters. I wonder why we never saw this before. <laughs> what could I go s- wrong? I seem to remember this being like a theatrical release. So. Oh, I remember. I think even wanting to see it at one point. Yeah, but I mean, like it's it's a like this is what aren't they like? Isn't it the weird thing where they're too young to be playing the guys that they're playing too? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. Like, oh, it's the '30s and we're mobsters, and I'm like. You are not mobsters. Yeah, I mean, that's hopes are not high for that one. Maybe it'll be a, an entertaining watch, though. Well, Patrick Dempsey's the other big name in it. Yeah, another obvious mobster character. And Rodney Eastman from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Which one's he? Uh, Joey, the one who okay. doesn't talk. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, he's also named Joey in this movie, so maybe he was typecast. Maybe he just doesn't talk either. Oh, Richard, Richard Grieco is playing Bugsy Siegel. <sighs> sure. It's not, it's not the Bugsy Siegel you know about. It's a different Bugsy Siegel. Just coincidence. <laughs> uh, they were going to do another 90s movie of Christian Slater's called Very Bad Things, which is another one that I've heard oh, very popular. Yeah. Very positive things about, but have never actually seen. I remember enjoying this one. It's been a long time. That was kind of his comeback movie, right? Yeah, I think so. I think we'll kind of forgotten about him for a little bit. And then uh, this was the one that got everybody talking again. Is it is it weird that I had a whole weird narrative in my head of what happened to Christian Slater and it's all wrong? <laughs> what narrative was it? I thought Christian Slater went to prison for a few years. And it and it was only like he went to jail for like ten days for drunk driving. Yeah. And something about he's always claimed, I guess, his ex wife like drug him around town to everybody and got him kind of canceled pre cancellation. She kind of like mm. d- destroyed his career and just talked everybody into not hiring him anymore. Oh. It's that's his story. Well, I knew I remember seeing news reports of him like washing police cars and stuff for part of his community service, but I couldn't remember like what it was. It seems like I had heard something about domestic abuse or something. Right. That, but, I think that's all it. I think she like yeah. told everybody that he was a wife beater and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Kind of. It may have been one of those that. In which maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. Yeah. We just, we just don't know. Yeah. 
Maybe it's a situation where they're both terrible people and they both deserved what they got or something. Not that she deserved to get beat. I'm saying the negative press, the negative press of this whole situation. Jesus, Brian. As soon as I said it, I'm like, that doesn't sound good at all. That's not, this is not what I meant. (laughs) Sure. It isn't. You know, we all know what you meant, Brian. He had to go to jail and wash some police cars and she got a black eye. So I think everybody learned a lesson. Yeah. I see. That's where we're ending the show. I think (laughs) (laughs) if I was in charge of editing, that's where we'd be ending the show. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.